Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, ready to rock and roll. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you on a Tuesday. And with the week accelerated, Bills are on the practice field with a Saturday game coming up. And today essentially serves as a Wednesday practice installs going on. And actually practice just wrapped up. And in just a short period of time, we're expected to be joined by one Daquan Jones, defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, as part of our Fresh Off the Field series brought to you by Austin Air. So we await his arrival, and we'll bring that to you as soon as possible. Um, but some good news on the practice front, and we'll bring you right up to date here because, as I said, we're expecting Daquan Jones momentarily. Bills practice updates presented by LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. And the good news is as follows. We know that Ryan Bates did not play in last week's game. Neither did Jordan Phillips. Both of those players out on the practice field today. We'll find out what their practice participation levels were. Uh, Maybe not until tomorrow. I'm trying to remember. I don't know that an injury report necessarily has to come out today. It Uh, might be until tomorrow, but we'll see. Saturday. Today's a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. Yeah, I think it might have to be released today. In any event. I think it might be 72 hours before the game or or. In any event, what's important here is both are working their way back into the practice setting, um, coming off ankle and shoulder injuries, respectively. So that's a good sign. Mitch Morse, as you know, is in concussion protocol. He was not seen out there during the media viewing portion of practice. And Boogie Basham, who has a calf injury, uh, was not seen out there at practice today. Ike Butker practicing with the team on the active roster now, and his timing couldn't be better with Mitch Morse in the concussion protocol with Bates back in the fold, Steve, it prompts an interesting development on the interior of the offensive line. Last week with Ryan Bates out of the mix, Greg Van Roten stepped in at center for Mitch Morse. David Quessenberry played right guard, but with Bates back, a guy who can also play center, it's going to be very interesting to see what the bills decide to do up front. Assuming Mitch Morse can't get back in time to play in clear concussion protocol. If that's the case, you either have Bates playing center or Van Roten playing center, and presumably the other guy's playing guard. I would say I think Bates is the guy at center, and and it may be Van Roten at guard or it may be Kessenberry at guard as well, depending on what they feel like their swing tackle needs to be behind Dawkins and Brown. So if they've got another option at tackle, Kessenberry might be a great go-to because of his size, because he's tackle size. 
And if you yeah. want a guy down inside, he's a little bit a little bit more like Saffold. Uh, Bates and Van Roten, while they're heavy and they're you know they're not as tall and that kind of thing. So that would that's an interesting. Yeah, I mean they'll have this all. The coaches will know this. We'll have to wonder about it until we see it. Uh, to me, Bates is the guy that goes in for Morse. And yeah, and the pivot. That's yeah. your anticipation. And I don't yeah, I wouldn't that, be surprised if we that, saw that, but we, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I don't know that Van Roten. Well, Van Roten's no question taking more reps at guard this year than Kessenberry has. But Kessenberry ended the game last week against the Dolphins at left right guard, and let's not forget how it ended. They were pushing those guys around up front. Yeah, I mean, you know, Devin Singletary had thirty six yards out of the. Six, uh, out of the 65 yards in that whole drive, 36 of it was, and I say 30, uh, 65 of the yards, 21 of them were penalty yards on the pass interference. Right. The rest of them, half of them, were gotten by Devin Singletary up front, and those guys pushed him around. So I, I mean, they, might have, they might say, hmm, that worked pretty good with Kessenberry in there. You know, that kind of thing. Possible. Certainly possible. Uh, yeah. Depends. It, it, the right guard is what we're talking about, basically. For me, right. I think Bates is the guy at center. And whoever goes in at right guard, I mean, that's the, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah. If you put, and like I said, if you put Kessenberry at guard, well, who's your backup tackle? It's him. Yeah. Still. That's the only guy. So, yeah. So you might not want him out at guard because if he goes down, then you got no tackle. Right, but they did that for the second half last week. Yeah, but they had two guys go down then. Well, they didn't have Bates to begin with. Right. And then Morse, Morse leaves. You're, right. Your plan to get through. So they kick Van Roten from right guard into center. And right. So your plan, thought, thinking, hoping you could just get through the game, is exactly what happened. They just got through the game Yeah, with those guys. But so you may hold Kessenberry as your swing tackle. Remember, and, we found out last year when they they when Butker went down is about the time when they started running the ball better. So you never know what's going to take. And Butker is you know they like him. I mean he's a he's a good player has been and he coming off the Achilles is tough. But you never know what kind of mix you're going to get up in the offensive line. They shuffle those guys around like it doesn't make any difference, right? I mean Kessenberry goes in at right guard last week. It's like what the heck. Yeah, they're in deep trouble. Well, then all of a sudden they, you know, they put this drive together. And it's like, whoo, that was a thing of beauty. So you never know because the defense has something to say about how that goes, obviously. But your offense and and who's talking to who and it's a great uh, drive. It was a fantastic drive with a with two guys that had no business playing in the spots they were playing in. Right. So there's a little bit of that. Where you get this thing, and maybe they do it out here in practice, and they go, ah, you know what, let's not, you know. But you know they're they're looking at it going, well, why did that happen? Right, and that was with no reps. Like, I mean, they yeah, had they had reps in practice with Van Roten at guard leading into that game, but they didn't have practice reps with Van Roten at center and Questenberry at guard. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have that during yeah. the practice week, and it worked I mean, out relatively well. So, the Offensive line is really – it is its own team sport within a team sport huh. because you got eight guys on your roster and 
at times they're all playing different spots or the wrong spot. You, it, it's a pecking order. If if Deion Dawkins is healthy, he is always and forever going to be the left tackle with this group in this in these years, right? That's that's the linchpin right there. And then you know when he's healthy, uh, Spencer Brown's going to be your right tackle. And then you know it goes down. It goes down this. And then when something starts happening, when these pieces start dropping out with an ankle or with a knee, or with a, you know whatever, whatever, whatever. Then all of a sudden, you, it's just like a deck of cards. They just start shuffling that deck, and you just never know how it's going to go. And it's it's all this big mystery to everybody who's just watching. Right. But in the room, they're going, oh, yeah, if this happens, okay, now you're in. You don't even have to talk about it. You're the guy. And then they go in, and they start <laughs> playing. Because they got calls. If you've ever listened to a game right there, where you like in a practice or whatever, the offensive linemen are screaming down inside there. And when you get different voices in there trying to communicate all this, the line calls and who you got and who I've got, you and I have got these two guys together. Let's go. You've got that guy. What if he does, you know, all this intricate choreography. Yeah. It just seems like impossible to pull that off when you're mix, mixing guys up. And yet it happens every week in the NFL. Yeah. It's amazing how they pull it off. It is really a team sport inside. You've got to make it happen. Sport. You don't have a choice. You it really it is. Happen. And there's no choice, too. Yes, right. Yeah. So it's put up or shut up, literally. <laughs> but they did an outstanding job they did. there with they did. Kessenberry coming in at right guard and, then, and those guys and Van Roten at center. And then to go down the field on that final drive, burn off and just Six have that drive we've clock. been talking about all week. 15 plays, seven runs, seven passes, and the field goal to win it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they did it with. You know, yeah. The forecast for Chicago on Saturday, virtually unchanged, mostly cloudy skies, partly cloudy in the afternoon, a high of 11. I think we picked up a degree winds out of the west, 20 to 30 miles per hour sustained could occasionally gust over 40. Um, So that'll put the wind chills in the negative digits. And then in the evening down there, uh, the bills will be gone by then, but. It's going down to one at night there. Uh, So that'll be interesting. So wind could play a factor in the game on Saturday, obviously. Affect the passing game, the kicking game. And we, along with the media, had an opportunity to talk to offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey this morning prior to practice. And he did admit last week he had two different game plans. One in the event that they did have measurable snowfall on the field. And another if they didn't. And obviously he went with the game plan of not having measurable snow on the field so they could just kind of operate as business as usual. Yeah. He said if there was measurable snow on the field, there were certain cuts that receivers just flat out would not be able to make on certain play calls. And so those were pulled from the game plan. This week he said he's probably going to do the same thing, (laughs) Have, have two different game plans, one in the event that the wind is not going to negatively impact the game, and two... One, if the wind is negatively impacting the game. What, it, what we could gather from what he said about what, how they planned, what their process was, the game plan was the game plan, and then if it was going to be bad weather and bad footing because of snow, there were certain sections and play selections they were just going to remove so they didn't go to those. Um, so it would just shorten the playlist, and that's what would be the secondary game plan for bad weather. Um, it's not really like they have a completely different style of offense. It would just be that there were certain calls they didn't feel comfortable making. 
so yeah, it's really the same plan with an edited version right. for, for weather. So we'll see what Saturday holds weather-wise. It's looking like it is going to be a windy day. Is it windy enough in the stadium to impact the passing game? We'll just have to wait and see. And there are some of the opinion that if it is super windy and the passing game's impacted, that's an advantage for the Bears, who, as we know, are a very good running team with Jordan Montgomery and quarterback Justin Fields, number one in the league in running the football. They're also the worst passing offense in football, but if you can't throw the ball, no harm done to them. So it could be a contributing factor to not only how the game is played, but how the game unfolds, uh, although the Bills are a pretty good run defense. Uh, let's go around the NFL, presented by Kalata Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. And Jalen Hurts is a gigantic story in Philadelphia right now because he has a sprained shoulder and his status is up in the air for their big division showdown against the Cowboys on Saturday. So Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, uh, met the media today and said he is not yet ruling Hurts out for the game, but some of the media reports are indicating his status is very much up in the air for their game against the Cowboys this weekend. And, yeah, you have wiggle room. You're 13-1. and one. But, you know, big division game. You'd like to... You know, knock the yeah. Cowboys down a peg it's or whatever. It's interesting, too, because the, uh, he got hurt in the Bears game, the Bills next to play. Yeah, last week. And so if you want a measuring stick of how the Bills are going to measure up against maybe some of the elite NFC teams, they play the same team the Philadelphia Eagles did just seven, six days ago, and they beat them by five, the Eagles did. Now, Hurts went down late in that game, right? It was very late. I believe so, yeah. yeah so I didn't really see any of that game. It uh, – I got to watch it this week. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the Bills fare against a defense that the Eagles just faced this last week too. But um, Jalen Hurts got hurt running the ball. And, well, he had three rushing touchdowns in the game, and he got it was a very it, kind of an innocuous tackle. But when you're running with the ball, we know you're not given the kind of protection that you're given in the pocket. Guy wrapped him up, had both arms to his side, had his pin arms pinned to his side because he was in a bear hug, and he came down on his side with a full weight of a defensive lineman on him who was not trying to let up at all. Yeah, and it was like an old time hit and very legal, very clean. Hurts doesn't get up. Yeah, so so that's that. Um, and then the Packers on Monday Night Football beat the Rams. Rams officially, mathematically eliminated from playoff contention in the NFC. Packers still alive at 6-8. and eight. So there's that. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Steve, but the Rams tied the 1999 Broncos as the worst defending champion in terms <laughs> of one loss record the next year. They're already there, and they have three games to play. Yikes. Yeah. That's a hard spot to be in. And then there was some news concerning their injured quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who's on IR. He says he's not retiring from the NFL despite his neck injury that landed him on injured reserve in the first place. So it looks like his plan is to come back next year. There was some question after the team acquired Baker Mayfield off waivers last week. So <laughs> we'll see what comes of that in the offseason. That'll be interesting, to say the least. Um, I watched that game last night, and – 
certainly. And I, it was interesting, too, because I also watched the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli talking about Baker and what he was thinking and what would be what their impressions were of what he would be able to do inside the offense and how that how they would call it what it would be available to him some of the things that he would know about that he wouldn't know about it was really interesting to hear those two guys talk about what baker mayfield was going through and as they were talking about it uh baker stunk and he he stunk um and it looked like he always looks just a little bit yeah like i didn't know where he was going with the ball a little bit panicky in the pocket running around trying to make it some sort of you know heroic throw that was not nearly good enough and not nearly close enough to the people he was throwing it to um threw a bad interception down the sideline to the to the bear to the uh packers just was not a good game for baker mayfield so when you talk about matt stafford not retiring from the nfl ain't gonna be any competition for him at the starting quarterback because baker there's no way i can see that that doesn't – No Matt, way, you said. No way Matt Stafford loses the starting job to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he's been there. They pulled off a giant trade to make it happen. So I get it. Um, I understand why that's the case. But, yeah, I guess you'll have to see what his elbow looks like, quite frankly. I mean, I'm assuming Stafford's elbow will be fine, let alone his neck. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's a we'll wait and see. Uh, time now, though, for our fresh off-the-field interview brought to you by Austin Air, the official clean air provider of the Buffalo Bills. And here, as promised, is Bills defensive tackle Daquan Jones. Daquan, welcome. How you doing? Fresh off the field, literally. Yeah, Thanks good. for getting over here so fast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I got to say, like we've said it on the show, too, you have been a horse up front for this defense, I man. Like that. you, I mean, locking it down. I know you got some help up front with your boys on the interior there. Um, but there have been guys, you know, coming in and out of the lineup. You know, Jordan's trying to get back now. And uh, you've just been a rock in there. What has – how would you characterize this transition overall? You know, you're new to the roster in the spring, but it seems like you just kind of stepped right in and it was like an easy transition, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I give credit to Coach E, you know, uh, just getting me right early on um, in the system. And, um, you know, that locker room and, and those guys in that room are – I mean, they're great guys, and they they made everything kind of just flow real easy. You know, training camp, OTAs, all that stuff. Like, um, I don't know, kind of just picked up. It's like I've been here mm. for the last couple of years. You know what I mean? But and, and it feels very com- comfortable and natural. And I don't know, I just everything kind of just gelling together. Yeah, you got here. It's a little a strange, little bit of a combination. You kind of got some experienced guys down inside mm-hmm. you and Jordan Phillips, uh, even Ed Oliver now in his his fourth year. Tim Settle, yeah, guys have played a little bit, but on the outside. You got some younger guys like AJ, Boogie, Greg Rousseau, those kind of guys. Well, Vaughn was a, is a difference maker, yep. but it, when he was here, obviously. Um, give me a little bit about the dynamic between you old guys down inside. I, I say old, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Could, the veteran could, yeah, guys yeah. down inside and the guys who are in their first, second year on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're doing a good job as far as like helping them guys out when they need it. You know what I mean? You don't want to give you guys too much information because this game is a lot at the end of the day. And, and um, whatever I can do to kind of just help them guys out in small details, I'm, I'm going to try to do that. And I feel like they've been doing a heck of a job all year, just every game getting better at something and focusing on like a new technique or or, or key recognition or, or, or formation rec- uh, recognition. And, you know, it's been, it's been showing all season. You know what I mean? You know, this past week was 
kind of hairy in the run game, but at the same time, we say get back to the fundamentals and basics and, you know, move on to the next. But I feel like they're doing a great job of picking up the little details and getting better at it each week. Right. Well, let, let's talk about the run game a little bit because your guys' style is a penetrating, you know, get up the field mm-hmm. style, even in the run game. And while that's great because you can, you know, spill things or force a running back to reroute in the backfield and then half the battle's won already, mm-hmm. um, at the same time, you know, you can see missed tackles on occasion. So yeah. how do you find the balance between getting the penetration you want while also trying to make the quote-unquote textbook-type tackle? Because you're flying up the field, and it's like, oh, I, like you can't, you can't break down in like yeah, I mean, a half a second. You know what I mean? I like, mean they're, they're tough, but that's like the nature of the business. You know what I mean? Like We signed up for that, and you know our job isn't easy. And, and, um, but just the plays we got to make, and uh, you know, we, we left a lot out there uh, Sunday and I mean, Saturday. And um, just just the stuff we got to make, man. Like, uh, yeah. As simple as, as it is, like, we got to go out there and just make the plays we're, we're meant to make and, uh, you know, get off the field. One of the things about the defense, we we talk to Leslie all the time, and, mm-hmm. and we get, you know, scouting reports, and we can see on film, we watch too. You guys almost never get out of nickel. Mm-hmm. Right? It's your base defense, really, with Taryn on there and, you know, Matt and uh, Tremaine on, as linebackers, and you guys with your hands on the ground, all four of you. Um, what do you think it would like? A, like this team in Chicago, particularly maybe in this kind of weather, would that be the kind of game plan where you say, you know what, the, we'll, we almost want to dare these guys to throw because they run the ball pretty well. Let's throw, let's throw AJ Klein out there, go three linebackers, go a little heavier in the box, and see if we can lure them into throwing it rather than th- playing our nickel and, and inviting them to run? Uh, I mean, we went through the game plan a little bit today. I mean, wh- whatever really Coach Frazier feels comfortable with, with doing, I mean, uh, I think we're confident in both ways in, in stopping run or playing the pass in either nickel or base. And, um, you know, again, it was just a lot of missed tackles last week that kind of right. messed us up. I mean, we've been playing nickel all year and stopping run pretty well. Um, so I don't want to, you know, say it's either nickel or base, whatever that. But whatever, you know, Coach Frazier kind of feels would be the best for our game plan going forward and going into this game, uh, I think we'll do that. But... I think I think we can play either way. When you guys struggle stopping the run, what ha- what's the, what's the basic thing that happens? Or is there- yeah, I mean, you look at you know uh, the Green Bay, the Jets, and even last week. I mean, a lot of missed tackles, um, you know, within within at the line of scrimmage or a couple year couple yards up the field that kind of broke broke free and kind of you know you know gashed us a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we if we make those tackles, I mean, the the run game is a whole different story. Yeah. Um, looking at, I know it's a it's a short week, so you're probably just diving into the film, but Fields. I mean, he's got a thousand yards rushing already. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're only fourteen games in. So, uh, what is it about his running style that kind of makes you sit up in your chair when you're watching the tape? I mean, I mean, just watching it last night. Um, I mean, he's fast. I mean, when he when he decides to run um, on you know a scramble, he he kind of you know takes the open open grass and. You know, you see him get 20 yards a pop, and it looks effortless. You know what I mean? Um, then the QB runs too. I mean, once he gets right. the edge, it, it's kind of, kind of game over. I mean, so we got to make sure that we are on our, you know, P's and Q's, and make sure we're doing, you know, our job up front and our, and our gap integrity, and make sure our ends do a good job of sitting down and reading that quarterback, and and, and you know, making them run uh, lateral, not not vertical. Where has the bear? Where do defenses? And when you watch these guys play in their game plan, what do defenses? fear most when they play Chicago? I mean, what are they, what are they, what you notice that every team does against this team? I mean, really, you, you have to get, just get after them. I mean, because they run the ball really well. So, like, you, you, you just have to be able to, to, to control the line of scrimmage. And, and um, again, it's on the D-line and, and, and um, 
really linebackers too, the whole defense, but really control the line of scrimmage and, and make sure that, you know, we can make them one, one dimensional and, and knock out the run game. I mean, right. if you can do that and make them pass the ball, you know, it's, it's a less of a threat to have a team to be able to do two things instead of one thing. Right. It'll be pretty chilly. <laughs> yeah. I'm I know, sure you've I heard, seen the forecast like, yeah, already. Like four degrees. It wasn't that bad here Saturday night yeah, last week. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that cold. Yeah, I mean, no. it was cold, but I know you big guys don't mind the cold as much, but that's getting some serious stuff, plus some wind, mm-hmm. throw a little wind chill in. Um, not that you're not used to temperatures in upstate New York. I don't know if a lot of Bills fans know this. You're from Johnson City down in the Binghamton area. Yep. Um, how cool has it been to be much closer to home, you know, in your professional football city and – and have you, if you still have family there, do, or have they been able to get up to some home games? Yeah, this yeah. Year? I mean, I, you know, my brother, my grandma. My grandma came to one of my first, her first uh, NFL game uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, nice. Uh, you know, I've been in the league for nine years in her first nice. game. So, you yeah. know, for her to be able to come up and make the trip was, was pretty cool. My younger brother came and, uh, you know, my dad comes up every, every weekend, my older brother and my, and my nieces and nephews. So, uh, be able to see all them, and, you know, it's great to be able to do that on the weekends and yeah. be able to, you know, yeah. kick it with them and hang with them. And especially on game day, to look up there and see them in the, in the stands. So, uh, I'm, I've been really enjoying that. So, you got this, uh, this team, you're, you land on this team, and they got all these expectations. They're like the favorite, they're the one seed now, headed into the playoffs. You're, you're coming down the home stretch, mm-hmm. and you're the one seed, and everything's right in front of you. Uh, you see him, they signed John Brown, he comes in. They signed uh, Cole Beasley, he comes in. They're doing It's all hands on deck. What's the vibe in the locker room like when, when you know these games get big? You know, your reward for winning this big game, yeah, mm-hmm. great. There's a bigger one this week. Here yeah. we go. That's yeah, 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 happens, yeah. Right? I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta stay hungry, man. We're, we're in a D-line room this morning, and, you know, we just kept talking about and preaching about how, you know, each and every week we come in and try to get better. Uh, no matter if we win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. But they're coming to get better because we, we know what the end goal is and, and, and whatever we have to do to fix the stuff we need to fix um, to get right, to go out there and play a better, uh, more dominant football game on defense, uh, that's what we have to do. And that message is, is all throughout the locker room. And I think everyone knows uh, you know, what we have to do uh, this week going in, into Chicago, especially this week in practice, to make sure we, we all hone in on the little details so we don't get sloppy with that going, going into the – uh, the bigger games, uh, really just kind of focus on, you know, day one fundamentals and making sure we're all on our, our stuff. Speaking of the D-line room, Daquan, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there was a photo recently on social media, so we want to kind of get the 411 on exactly what's going on with this picture for our radio listeners. It's basically the majority of the D-line group. Ed Oliver is shirtless outside in the snow. Uh, Daquan is suns out, guns out as well, and yeah. tank top and shorts. And who's that? Who's that in the middle? Is that it's Boogie, um, Boogie Bastion? It's Boogie. Boogie. Okay, I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like he's wearing an apron or overalls. He's yeah, wearing overalls. Yeah, overalls. Yeah. What, it, what? What was the impetus for this photo? Uh, I mean, I mean, I think it was a just a mindset um, that we wanted to have going into this game. Like, never talking about how cold it's going to be and, <laughs> and the weather. And we're like, yo, like bump all that. Like, let's go out there and have fun. And you know, I'm like, I'm gonna wear shorts and a tank top. They go, No, you ain't. I'm like, Yes, I am. I show up to work. And then uh, they all they all want to kind of get on the vibe, and Ed uh, took off his top, and Boogie took off his hoodie, and we and we rocked out. All right, so it kind of became a dare thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some noticeable non-participants. Mike Love had his bubble coat yeah, on. Yeah, right? yeah. Mike Love was like, all right. <laughs> and Rousseau, I'll be there. Rousseau, the Miami guy, had his long sleeve and long pants on. Yeah. They, you couldn't get him to buy in. This is uh, give me a little insight here too, because this game you had all this. This foresight, the whole story in the run-up to the Dolphin game was the weather. It was going to be snowy, bad weather, you know, all of this stuff. This Chicago game is going to be – it's not going to be really that snowy. 
but it's going to be really, really cold, mm -hmm. like zero degrees kind of thing, four yeah. degrees. Um, how is it different getting it or is it different? I know you got your process and you just kind of go through it. But yeah. on game day, do you wear, you know, different layers, all that kind of stuff? Or do you have a go-to set? Um, I kind of – I wear the same stuff every week pretty much. I mean, all, it kind of all depends on how I'm feeling. But I'm, I'm, no, I'm normally no-sleeve type guy. And, um, and especially in the colder games, I don't, I don't like wearing sleeves. But, um, yeah, I mean, for this game, you go out there and the basic get up and, and make sure you get a good warm-up pregame and – Kind of keep it. Yeah, yeah. yeah keep, just keep the key in playing the game is trying to keep warm on the sideline the entire game. So that's kind of the key, yeah. key point of it. I'm with you. The yeah. last one I've got for you. You got a birthday coming up next week, yep. right? Tuesday. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, how how did you how did you deal with that as a kid? Because there are a lot of kids. I, I had a friend of mine. Christmas. He was born yeah. on Christmas. So it was like one shot, and that's it for the whole year. So where did you kind of come down on having a birthday so close to Christmas? Because yeah. Christmas is great. Yeah. Two days later, you got a birthday, and then you're waiting 363 days until something happens again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't trying to be, uh, you know, going that too deep in my past. But, you know, growing up wasn't, you know, the best for me. So, yeah. um, you know, the holiday season, it was kind of a hit or miss. And um, to me, I just, I just really didn't think about it in, in that terms. Okay, aspect. I got you. Um, until I really, I got older, and, and then when you got older and hit 21, I'm like, well, you know, my birthday's on the 27th, New Year's right there. So you kind of just, you know, bring it all together and, and do it that way. But uh, for me, uh, you know, growing up, it, I, it didn't really bother me that much. I kind of was in a different, okay. different uh, uh, thought process. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, well, any, happy birthday. Yeah, well, thank happy, you. Happy thank birthday, uh, pre-birthday. Last one for me. Um, have you gotten any rumblings or any possibilities that the travel may be disrupted this year going to Chicago? Like, are you guys maybe go Thursday night or go early Friday than normal or anything yet like that yet? Or are they still waiting? Uh, I, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. I didn't know if they had even begun those conversations yet. So it may be just a normal week depending on the weather. The weather they're they're here like for in Chicago. In Chicago. Oh. Getting into Chicago looks like it may be a problem for holiday travelers, which, by the way, you're playing on a holiday. Hmm. So, well, yeah, Christmas Eve. Christmas right. Eve so, yeah. you know, what I mean yeah so I was just wondering if they had thought it's like hey guys get your mind around the fact we might have to go a day early or later in the day or earlier in the day or no I've heard, I've heard okay. anything yeah. 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 keep our eye on that thanks all Good right man. You, man we'll keep no uh keep chopping wood out there on the practice field and on the game field we appreciate you stopping by man it's no good problem. to see you thank you for having me all right I that's Daquan Jones joining us here uh in our fresh off the field interview presented by Austin Air the official clean air provider of the Buffalo Bills we will take a break and be back with more here on One Bills Live presented by Collider Health it's Buffalo Bills Radio Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 